So, retrospectors, what historical events are we ticking off on this week's run of Today in History? Well, Monday is the anniversary of the day Roger first publishes famous thesaurus. Then on Tuesday, we say happy birthday, Mr. Potato Head. On Wednesday, the extraordinary stories of the child soldiers who fought in the American Civil War. On Thursday, how King James changed the word of God. And on Friday, what did spam emails look like in 1978? We discuss this and more on Today in History with the retrospectors. Ten minutes every weekday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to, for F1's sake, the Formula One podcast that has a better anthem than Russia. No, the Russian, Russian local anthem is the best national KGB are going to come and get us. Welcome to, for F1's sake, the Formula One podcast that's desperately trying not to skitter off into the marbles. Or have a massive accident as a result. Welcome to, for F1's sake, the Formula One podcast that feels dizzy for the first ten minutes. Yeah, like Sainz. He was really dizzy for the first ten minutes of the race. Sainz? Sainsbury's. Saints. Carlos Sainsbury's. Is that what happened? I didn't, I didn't know that. My family has a vendetta with <laughs> Emilio Tesco. Welcome to, for everyone's sake, the Gaffer Tape Tech Pro Barrier of Formula One podcast. Oh, yes. I'm Chica Ayres, and today we discuss the kamikaze Finns' diminishing hopes and unexpectedly exciting races as we look back at the Russian Grand Prix. Plus, there's a visit from 1992 F1 world champion Nigel Mansell. But, as we've recorded this intro at the end, none of us but Phil know about it. So, that's all to come. So, joining me in a quite busy bar in central London is Phil Tromans. Hello. How are you, Phil? Lots of work, but nothing particularly exciting that's worth talking about in a podcast. Um, there, I do have some updates on my car, though. I know all the listeners are desperately keen to hear what's going on with my, uh, with my Clio. The new engine's in. I got the car back. Ooh. And within about two hours, uh, the engine warning light had come on, and it was sputtering and not running very well at all. So this morning, I went down to Portsmouth with it, limped into Portsmouth, and it turned out it needed a new injector. So I've got a new injector, and it's now running really well, and it's only taken two months and almost £2,000. What have you learned from it, Phil? Never buy French cars. What about you, Terry Saunders? What have I been up to? Well, I made the mistake of cooking a roast dinner during a Grand Prix on Sunday. That was very stressful. Is that why our live tweeting feed was decidedly... uh, Substandard. Yeah, you can see that our tweets went quiet, and around about the time I realised I'd forgotten to put the potatoes on. Because <laughs> I started it off, and then you took over. I was like, oh, brilliant, Terry's on the case. I'll go and. Uh, I was on the case. I've totally on the case. Until I realised, hang on, shouldn't they be in the oven? And what about you, Chica? What have you been up to? I haven't been up to much. Oh. I was, however, in a field in the middle of Hampshire 
when well, you no guys text me about the crash and oh, yeah. and it was only getting bits of signal. Oh, so you thought was, someone might have died? Yes. Whilst you were on your own somewhere, somewhere in a field in Hampshire. Oh, exactly. All right. Were you in the middle, in the middle of a pulp song? Right. <laughs> it feels all right, but then tomorrow morning. Ooh. Carlos Sainz is okay to race in. Crash the into a barrier. Yeah. That was sort of how it was. And how's your pooey flat? For those who didn't hear last episode, Chica's flat is bullshit. Summarised nicely. Thanks. Um, we haven't got the plumber out. What? Still, we're just battling on, you know. Plunger. Well, hang on. No. We're well, just putting up the, with the, it. The poo has gone down the drain now, so, but it still rises up. And the other day I, I did my washing up and then pulled the plug out of the sink and then went to have a shower and then found all the peas in the bath. So there's something wrong there. So the peas went from the sink straight to the bar? Yeah. Can you, can you give us more of an, an idea of what your house is like? Because this is making very little sense to me. So the whole... Oh, there the are whole... peas in the bar, Phil. <laughs> so you need to know. There's <laughs> just fucking peas in the bar. I live in a converted peanut factory. I beg your pardon? A converted peanut factory where there's six of us living in MDF windowless boxes for not very much money. So you're, oh. you're squatting is what you're saying? Uh, it's, it's squatting but we pay rent. They're not really squatting. So none of the benefits of squatting. <laughs> so do you have to make do you have to make peanuts? Uh, no. You can come if you're allergic to peanuts. A lot of people say that. Can I come if I'm allergic to peanuts? And yes. I that have so lost, many questions. It? I think we need another podcast. Can we have a podcast completely devoted to your converted <laughs> peanut warehouse? Really, that we'll do that out of season, yeah? So the Russian Grand Prix this weekend. What did you guys think? Who is expecting an exciting race? I was not at all. I thought this was going to be so shit, I opted to make a roast dinner. Yeah, uh, that was, in retrospect, quite a bad move. Foolish. Because there was loads of stuff going on. Well, I didn't know what to think, but then I watched the first few laps and was like, this is going to be incredible. And then it sort of zoned out for a little bit because it got very, very boring. And then it got really exciting again. Yeah. In hindsight, that would have been the best part moment to make the roast dinner. <laughs> I remember very little about last year's race, but um, I'm actually uh, I'm actually warming to the track because it's unusual. In that, although it's a modern track, it was sort of built in a sort of haphazard way. They decided to build an F1 track after they'd already started building the Olympic Village, so they kind of had to fit it in with what was already there, as opposed to just straight out designing a track from scratch. Consequently, you've got some really interesting corners, like the big long turn three. That's basically just the longest left-hander in the world, where Grosjean lost it and everyone's doing all sorts of crazy lines. Uh, and then there's another one, I think it's turn 12, where they come in at a weird angle and have to slam on the brakes and then they skitter off into the wall. And I thought it was really inter- an interesting but circuit. But isn't that an argument for classic Formula One tracks? Because yeah, old no, tracks I agree. used to be built around their environment before this Herman Tilke way of going, oh, we've got a converted peanut factory. Let's knock it down. Sorry. <laughs> Cover it in shit. Sorry to break it to you, but it's becoming the new Hackney Grand Prix. And let's knock it down and we'll just make our own, we'll just do what we want to do. It's like, that's boring. No, I completely agree. I, I'm fully, I, I let nature decide where people race. That's what I say. My expectations were so low, I also made an apple pie. You're a domestic god. Should we, uh, should we also talk about the post-race press conference? Did either of you see that? I did not see that. Were you busy with your legumes? Uh, by that point, I was well and truly pissed. <laughs> oh, nice. Uh, well, basically, the post-race, but you know, after the race, they all go into the press conference area and they ask a load of questions and then they answer the questions in their own languages and so on. Uh-huh. Well, apparently Hamilton, at least I think it was Hamilton, one of the drivers decided to invite the uh, the sexy cavalcade of ladies that lines the way to the room of awkwardness 
uh, decided to invite them into the press conference. They were all standing at the back while they were while they were answering the questions, and consequently, none of them could concentrate at all. So, if you watch the post-race press conference, which is probably on YouTube or something, you know, somebody from Gazetta della Sport asks a question, and they're all just like, uh, "Sorry, what was the question?" I was busy looking at the girls. It was all very misogynist and hilarious. Oh. Maybe it's a, a ploy because somebody brought them in that knew that they were just going to give really crap answers. So they yeah. thought, at least we can all give bad answers. It, it was more interesting than usual. I mean, Lewis flat out said this is the best press conference ever as he completely ignored another journalist's question. Uh, and then Vettel gave out Lewis's hotel room number to one of the uh, one of the girls. And Perez was just wanking. <laughs> <laughs> just openly wanking. Right, so what do we predict? Come on, let's have this. Well, I predicted Hamilton in first, followed by Rosberg, then Raikkonen. Okay. Obviously, only Hamilton I got in that Okay, one. okay. What okay. did you predict, Harry? I predicted... Uh, actually... Phil, what did you predict first? I want to go third on this one because my prediction is fucking excellent. Okay. I predicted that uh, Hamilton would win. Tick. I predicted that Vettel would be second. Tick. And I predicted that Kvyat would be third. Big cross. So you guys both went for pretty boring kind of box standard predictions. Once again, I went for boring but accurate. I went for Rosberg winning. Well, he would have done. Had he not. Had he not. Had he not. Raikkonen in second, he was trying, bless him. He did well until he did badly. And third, Perez, I guess. Impressive. I mean, you've you've lost out on accuracy points, but you have come through with style. I'll give you that. This is exactly how I play pool. Hit it really hard with every shot, and eventually something goes in. So let's move on to the teams now. Hamilton was, of course, in first. He's now 60 points clear of Rosberg. I believe I've been saying for a while that Hamilton is probably going to win. And although he still hasn't won, he probably will in Austin. If not, he definitely will in uh, Mexico. I mean, it's, it's it's all but a certainty now, isn't it? After after Rosberg failed to finish. But Rosberg failing to finish in the most pathetic way possible. I've been saying for weeks now, God, that guy's got no fighting instinct. And as soon as his pedal started going funny, he's like, oh, oh, it's not working. What do I do? And I forget what was the official word is they said. You just basically the, the, the engineer just said you're just going to have to deal with it. Well, he said if you hit the brake, it'll kill it. By which I took to understand if you t- if you hit the brake, the engine will stop. I thought it meant kill Rosberg. Oh right, don't hit the brake. It's fully <laughs> Whatever electrified. Whatever you do, it's like speed. <laughs> but it did cause a problem. Don't you go s- under 50 miles saw, an hour. He, he manfully tried to carry on with it, but you saw him manfully, sort of bar- not manfully. No, he was like he was barreling into a child. He's still trying to go fast. He came barreling into the corner. Obviously, hit the brake, but the throttle was still open. So consequently, he didn't slow down enough. It was just sailing on all the corners. And then eventually, he said, like, because it was there was something with, literally with the, the physical pedal itself that just kept coming back and back. So as I understand it, every time he had to lift off the pedal, as it got worse, he had to lift his leg further and further and further and further up to the point at the end, it basically his knee was up by his up by the steering column and he couldn't turn the wheel properly. All the coverage I watched was saying like, oh, Rosberg, like he doesn't deserve this. He has had a really unlucky season. But then listening to you guys, you're just saying he's a massive wimp. <laughs> he is a massive wimp. Don't Do you know listen who to I these blame? so-called experts on the television. They Do you know, know who I blame? About. Keki Rosberg. I don't think he was around for enough when Nico was a kid because this guy can't deal with anything. Well, the trouble is Keki Rosberg was busy winning world championships. Well, exactly, right? Something so, he hasn't passed down to Orna. This, cool. this is the equivalent of going, uh, Dad, Dad, I want to go and play with the boys, but I haven't got the right T-shirt on. And, it, uh, and Keki should be going like, that was stupid, son. You should wear whatever T-shirt you want to wear. Your Finnish accent. I can't do the accent. The way that the engineer basically said to him, 
just deal with it. I forget the exact whine. language. The exact language was like, you're just going to have to adapt to the situation. AKA, fucking deal with it, you whiny, prissy bitch. There we are people dying in Africa. It's <laughs> the sort of thing that Keggy should have said when he was like, I don't want to finish my food. I live in Monaco. There are people dying. You should finish that food. And this whole thing about going, oh, oh, I couldn't, I couldn't move the steering wheel. Have you heard the stories of Nigel Mansell having fuel... Hot fuel pouring into his uh, on his race debut, pouring into his buttocks, giving him third degree burns. Or Schumacher finishing a whole race just in fifth gear, right? And Rosberg goes, "I can't turn the steering wheel the whole way. I better quit." In fairness, the steering wheel is fairly useful on a circuit with corners. Move your fucking knee. (laughs) But then he'd slam on the brakes. So deal with it. Right. Okay. Let's have one last word on Hamilton. Well, it it almost went wrong for Hamilton before it went wrong for Rosberg. Because did you notice at the start they were about three corners in and then. Hulkenberg had his thing and they called out the safety car and they came barreling into the corner and turned three or four or something and Rosberg went through the corner and then he heard that the safety car was on and he just stopped almost and again and Ham- what a prick Hamilton nearly went straight into the back of him right the idea of a safety car is for, to make the track safe you don't make the track safe by doing an emergency stop like someone's just bashed the dashboard <laughs> You go, oh, there's a safety car. I will slow down when it's appropriate to slow down. How's your, uh, how are your driving lessons going, Terry? They're very, very well. They're really going into my head. You're doing now, emergency stops this week. <laughs> I think he was that close. For the listeners at home, I'm making my hand look like a very small gap. That close <laughs> to actually ruining Hamilton's race. And that would have deserved a penalty. It's like those insurance scams, isn't it, where you think you're going from a roundabout and the bloke in front of you stops. Does that happen? Oh, you wouldn't, yeah, well, yeah, you need to be careful about that. You've got a whole world of danger now that you're a driver. What happens? What? You pull up to a roundabout. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if you've done roundabouts yet. But anyway, normally you go up to a roundabout and you watch the guy start and you start Funny to leave. Funny story. As the I have done a roundabout, but... Did you go to the back of someone? But the instructor was like, oh, we haven't covered roundabouts, but I've taken you on a route where there's a roundabout, so just wing it. And <laughs> And as I was steering, he said, all right, come off here. And as I started to come off, he went, oh, indicate left. And that was actually quite tricky because I hadn't really worked out. So he had to reach over, indicate left. Our arms brushed rather romantically. And now we're married. <laughs> we should probably move on. Anyway, yeah, Hamilton won. And uh, he's, now, uh, he's now got 42 wins, which is the same as Vettel. And puts him third, equal third with Vettel in the all-time win column. This is the most wins shared by two drivers currently on track at the same time. That's a good fact. Yeah. 84 wins. And second, are they second, third and fourth in the all-time list or second and third? third now, and well, they're third and third, and third now because they're the same. That's never happened either. Two drivers in the top three. But still, the, the, two, the two equal three still don't have as many combined as Schumacher does. So I think it might be a while until they get, I think, was it 91 Schumacher had? And then Prost, yeah. had, Prost had 51. So next season, one of them could conceivably grab second. Yeah. It's going to be a long time until Schumacher's record goes. Okay, yes. let's talk about Ferrari. Vettel in second, Raikkonen in eighth. Should we get Vettel out of the way and then we can talk about the interesting one? Well, Vettel did well, didn't he? Yes, he did. End on. Uh, he's now second in the championship, having uh, oh. bumped Rosberg out the way. Oh, has he? Yes, he has. Yeah. Good work. Okay. Which is just embarrassing for Rosberg. To it be is honest. a bit. I mean, yeah. considering the disparity in quality between the Mercedes and the Ferrari. Yeah. I mean, Rosberg has been a little bit unlucky, but there's only so far that luck can. Uh, uh, Hamilton was quite unlucky last year, I seem to remember. Still won. Exactly. A particularly exciting part, I thought, was when Vettel nearly killed a marshal during oh, yes. the race. And I reckon it was, du- it was during the middle when things were really boring. And I think. Putin was like things are really dull so I'm going to make one of my Russian martial minions
Indians run out onto the onto the track. Well, I, I seem to remember last year there were shots of um, of Eccleston and Putin sitting together. Maybe that happened again, and they were just sort of like, "Should we send the guy out on track again?" It worked really well in Singapore. Everybody was talking about it. And Eccleston brings out this kind of remote control and says, "Look what I got! <laughs> <laughs> Look at that marshal! Uh, make him go faster! Make I, well, him stop! I, make him stop! Make him put his trousers down!" Hey. <laughs> It was it was a little interesting to see because uh, on the uh, on the whatever coverage I was watching, probably BBC, he sort of ran out, and the commentators were like, "Oh, good on that marshal for running out." And then Vettel appeared and nearly clobbered him, and they were like, "Oh, you shouldn't have run out there." And so I, I do wonder what the rules are for sprinting out and taking initiative versus being splattered across the visor of a driver. Probably don't run into a Formula One track. Yeah, but they've, I mean, should they have brought out a safety car? Yes. Okay, well, if we're going to talk about safety cars, let's talk about Raikkonen. Well, the, the exact antithesis of a safety car. It was actually doing quite well to start with, wasn't he? He, he had a good first lap while everyone was watching Hulkenberg and Ericsson and, and Verstappen tangle. Raikkonen sort of nipped his way up into third place and was uh, sitting pretty and had a good old ding-dong with Vettel later on as they tried to battle for Ferrari supremacy. And then there was the last but one lap. I don't mind the incident... It's more the way that Raikkonen's been since it. Because basically, he's clearly in the wrong. He went where there was no room, and he turfed them both out. And in a way, you go, okay, well, that was a bad call, but fair enough. It was a last lap. It was literally the last chance to do it. He went he, He'd for been it. told by his engineer, it's all or nothing. Yeah, exactly. But afterwards, you think the common decent thing would be to be like, oh, well, I fucked up. You know, Did he not do that? I didn't no, see he's any still, he's still saying, no. He's was, not saying a lot. Yeah, yeah. That move was never on. Exactly. I mean, I'm, I'm not quite Formula One material, apparently. But ev- <laughs> even I knew that that, um, that that was not on. Bottas would literally have had to just go, oh, OK. Yeah. And I doubt even Bottas even thought he was going to try it down there because it was I'm just I'm not even ridiculous. sure that Bottas, by the time back. he saw him, I'm not sure Bottas could have got out of the way. That's how un- on the move was. Did you catch uh, Bottas's reaction on the radio afterwards? What the fuck did he do? Wasn't that the most dramatic thing ever? That was like finding out your brother's killed your mum or something. Well, it's because he's Finnish. I mean, I think that's, you know, for, for any other nationality, that would just be, you know, mad gesticulations and boiling rage. But, but no, in felt, Finland, that's just like, I'm, I'm, I'm really quite angry. It felt like a really long Finnish drama. Like, what the fuck did he do? Here's a black and white moody scene of guy being killed. But when you watch it back, you, you couldn't see him coming at all. It was, it was just... No, it was just bam, yeah. Raikkonen, bitches. Yeah, so maybe you well, didn't have time to work up an anger by that point. I, I felt very sorry for Bottas. In a way, it's classic Raikkonen. He shows a glimmer of excellent driving and does quite well and then massively balls it all up. Well, let's talk about Williams then. Yep. We can talk about Bottas because this was bad, wasn't it? I mean, it started off good and bad. I mean, Bottas qualified third. It's really good. Yeah. Massa had an absolute nightmare, qualified 15th. But then in the race, they were doing really well. Massa came charging his way through the field, did exceedingly well. Bottas was doing really well until he and looked an absolute cert for, for third place until uh, a wild Raikkonen appeared. I mean, technically in the race, they seemed to do everything right. And you just wonder if Massa had not messed up in qualifying, which as far as I can tell seems to have been his fault. Or possibly the team not putting him out in enough fresh air during qualifying. Could they have done better? They really could be the definite second team. And yet Ferrari have stolen a march every time possible. I don't know. I, I feel that the, the Ferrari is probably a bit faster, but it doesn't It doesn't seem like Williams have helped themselves on some yeah, occasions. Raikkonen's been a bit ropey all year. And I think if the two but Williams Vettel's been were very there, solid. But if the two Williams are up there, I reckon they could have been, you know, nip and tuck. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I think Vettel's made Ferrari 
you know, a sealed Ferrari's slight edge by generally being extremely reliable and yep. performing extremely well. Peaks and troughs, I think that sums up Williams' season so far. What about Red Bull? Did Ricardo finish? No, he no. didn't. He didn't, okay. He retired on lap 47 or 48 with a drive shaft problem. Kvyat, what could he do? What was his home race? His picture was like all over the fucking grandstand. It's, it was well, he's had a grandstand named after him, apparently. It was the equivalent of when I was doing stand-up, going to do a gig in my hometown, and my whole family turning up, and it was the most embarrassing night of my that, life. I, I mean, I've never done stand-up, but I can only imagine that having my really entire happen? family there would just be so off-putting. It was awful. The, the only worst way it could have been if my face was plastered across the, <laughs> across the seating so that when I died, all the other punters would be like, why are they making such a big fuss of this guy for? Which especially, so when Kvyat nearly didn't get, when he didn't get into Q3, they go to this kind of shot of someone wearing a Kvyat cape and then sitting on the Kvyat grandstand. It's like, it's an oh. ejected small child in a Kvyat hat. And Petrov just stood there going, <laughs> fuck you! <laughs> Both of the other me. Russian drivers. Yeah, But in the race, fifth, it's pretty good. In a fairly rubbish car. I so think next year won't have an engine. Because you two have just been like uh, One Direction fans over Verstappen. Hang on a second. Uh, like going, oh, I love Verstappen, he's amazing. There's Until no need for that kind of language. I feel that Kvyat has been sorely looked over this year. He was the one that was promoted to Red Bull. He's <laughs> held his own all right in a pretty shitty year. And no, I'm a big fan of Kvyat. Yeah, well, I think he's, maybe uh, you should be more vocal about it. All right, I'll say it now. <laughs> I think really Kvyat's done very good. And I There's believe... no Dutch Grand Prix with bloody Verstappen's face everywhere. Well, there was the Belgian Grand Prix where he lives that had his face everywhere. Oh, there was the Monte Carlo Grand Prix where everyone else lives. <laughs> That's true. There's too many of them. But, I mean, no, Kvyat's done very well. And I believe in this race he's he's jumped up uh, a position ahead of Ricardo now in the championship. Oh, really? Yeah, and he's oh, now, so he's him. now ahead of him. So, no, I'm, I mean, uh, uh, maybe we haven't talked about him as much as we should have done. But, no, I think he's done exceedingly well, considering this is, what, his second year? Ricardo's a bit unlucky with his car falling apart. But, um, yeah. I still love the stuff, I'm just, you know. We'll um, talk about him shortly, I'm sure. Let's talk about Lotus. Grosjean, of course, didn't finish. And how did he not finish? He that was finish. That's a lesson in how not to finish. He didn't finish in the most spectacular way. My theory, yep. uh, this was at turn three, which I've already said is a pretty damn good turn. Yep. I think he was trying to do a Will Stevens. I think he was trying to drift like Will Stevens around the sell corner. Sell some watches. <laughs> Maybe. He was trying to show off. Well, uh, but no, you can't. nobody drifts like Will Stevens, and that's what happens if you try. You go hurtling I, into the barrier. I read a quote of him saying, I crossed my arms, closed my eyes, and thought, this is going to hurt. Well, that's that's his big mistake. He should have just tried to steer around just, the corner instead drive, of doing yeah. that. That's probably why he crashed. <laughs> Incidentally, that same quote is the tattoo that Maldonado's got down his arm. <laughs> so uh, so what about Toro Rosso this weekend? Obviously, Verstappen, till I die. Was it, should um, we talk about Verstappen first? Uh, well, I mean, Verstappen, I thought, did all right. He, he got into... Um, he got into Q3 and stuck it on ninth. And then at the beginning, he got taken out by the Hulkenberg Ericsson incident that we'll talk about in a bit and, and shredded his left rear tyre. So once again, as I think he had a couple of races ago, had an entire lap of trawling around to try and get back to his pits. Got Ro a new tyre. Rosberg would have been out by that. Probably. Yeah, yeah, Rosberg would have been going, oh, my tyre's hurting. Oh, God, <laughs> I don't want to do it. Oh, don't make me, Dad. <laughs> so once again, the plucky young whippersnapper is right down at the back. Uh, gets his car repaired, bombs it around, and gets in the points. Finishes 10th. Good. But is there an argument for staying out of trouble? Oh, well, I mean, did you see the crowd? I don't think he had much choice, really. Well, no. I mean, basically, Hulkenberg came 316. <laughs> Hulkenberg came barreling around the corner and lost it. Verstappen was basically just faced with the Force India coming at him, and there's nothing worse. Well, maybe he should have qualified lower than he would have been behind it. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought he did very well. 
What about the other guy? What's his name? Carlos Sainz in the wall. Sainz, yeah. Didn't finish. Uh, didn't he, had a, he had a hell of a weekend, didn't he? Didn't he just? Did, you, did we all see his qualifying crash? Practice no, was in a field. Oh, was it? Oh, no, it's free practice three, wasn't it? That's right. And he missed qualifying. Yeah. in a field. That's right. Oh, no, of course, yes. But I you, thought, we were reporting how can I ruin Chica's weekend? Oh, a guy might have died. Oh. <laughs> yeah, well, it, yeah, it was a bit scary when it first happened, didn't it? Because It uh, was, yeah, it was at home. You're not supposed to go under the barriers. It looked, it looked horrendous when I watched it back. Yeah, well, well I, I recall from the, uh, from the 70s, there was, who was it? It was um, Jackie Stewart's teammate. Francois Sever oh. went under the barriers at, um, at Watkins Glen and, uh, and, and, well, died quite horribly. And so when you see a car go underneath the barriers, it's never a good news. But thankfully, he was fine, even though he got airlifted to hospital. But it is a weird thing how they've made these noses uglier and uglier by making them higher and higher in the last few years, all to prevent cars going under things. And in the one time it gets really horribly tested, the car goes... Ah, fuck physics. Hey. <laughs> well, no, because no, well, they, no, they put them back down again because they were so horrific. Do you, remember, do you remember back in the back in the 90s and stuff with the Benetton race? It's pretty high now. They, they stuck them down to stop them uh, spearing to the sides of things, didn't they? Or something? Well, I can't, they can't remember exactly. Well, I think well, there's just, just, have there's, no there's nose. pluses and minus. <laughs> just a block. Just a block. Just a but, driver's, yeah, so, feet, so, <laughs> driver's feet dangling out the front. That'd be fine. <laughs> The, the Robert Kubica School of Design. Well, where, where is he now in the standing? He's, 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 he's still in the barrier. He's now 15. I mean, he's still got hardly any points because okay, he didn't finish okay. the race. But considering considering the introduction to the weekend he'd had, he'd never driven the track before. Practice one and two were completely wet. Hardly anyone got any running. Oh, we haven't and even talked about the fun thing about practice one. Oh, with the, with the diesel? Yes. Volkswagen seems to be in charge of practice one because there was a truck that was sent out to clean the track. Ironically it's enough. There, it's there to go, all right, there's all this debris on the track. We'll just clean it before the first practice, make sure it's sparkling. And no one realised, at the back of the same truck, it was leaking diesel. <laughs> In this, like sort of three or four corners. multi-million pounds sport, <laughs> the highest technical spec sport in the world that is perhaps the uh, ambassador to technology, was going, oh, I haven't done the nut up properly. <laughs> So the first practice was really so the, the track was just there. really slippery and it started to rain so they couldn't get any running. So nobody got any dry running in at all and then free practice three stuffs it into the wall. Red flag. It doesn't do qualifying at all. Again, it's never been there before. Starts from the back of the race having, you know, been in hospital and does really well and he's right up well inside the top ten and then his brakes explode. Yeah, which is unfortunate. Right, Force India with their first podium of the season. They did so well this weekend with Perez. A Not story a story of two very different contrasting results, wasn't it? Hulkenberg, once again, first corner, tries to do a Will Stevens. He's not Will Stevens. It didn't go well. So he took out Ericsson and clobbered Verstappen as well. So that was the end of his race. Uh, but Perez, well, that was exciting, wasn't it? Amazing. You could very legitimately argue that he was quite lucky that Raikkonen speared off his challenge but, but um, as even fifth would have been a, a pretty spectacular yeah, yeah. result no well they, I mean they did well I mean they pitted really early I think during the safety one of the safety cars yeah. and they sort of took this gamble that they you know maybe they could just about hold off to the end and it pretty I mean it looked like uh, with the lap to go it looked like it hadn't quite worked but it was still pretty respectable and then it did work it was one, one, of, those great, it was one of those great things where when you're not really paying attention during that boring middle bit you go okay well it's 
it's Hamilton in the lead, Vettel second, then it's Raikkonen and Bottas third and fourth, and then the caption comes up and you go, huh? What's Perez doing there? <laughs> What's he doing there? Oh, there hasn't been a pit stop yet. Oh, okay, well, he'll, be, he'll go back when the pit stops are happened. And then near the end, huh? Uh, yeah, no, he did very well. Good for him. It was, it was excellent. Okay, McLaren. McLaren are in the points. Huzzah! The points. Well it's done, the then. big the comeback is now. Didn't Alonso say, watch this space, at the end of the year we might finish ninth if a lot of other cars crash out? <laughs> He did say that. He's he's a prophet. That's what the head of Honda said as well. That was like... Whoa. It's all part of the master plan. Yeah. Qualify wasn't too bad. Button stuck it on 13th. Alonso was down to 16th. So good on Jensen. Alonso um, had a 30-place penalty because he had some new engines. <laughs> several. Several engines. Well, I think he did. I think he had two put, new engines. They put two into... Oh, I see. Not at the same time. No. Because then they might have a chance. So Button came in in ninth. Alonso did come in in 10th. And we were like, yay, they both got points. And then Alonso got a penalty for driving outside of the track limits and dropped him down to a level. But Alonso came to this race with a whole bucket load of sass. Oh, he did, didn't he? The bit where they were like... Fernando, we are racing Massa behind. I love your sense of humour. It was hilarious. And then he got overtaken by Massa and also by NASA. And it turned out that both Felipe's were faster than him. Oh, That's a callback. Nice. Do you remember Ferrari days? Oh, oh crazy. Nice. Uh, we should also mention that Button is uh, is definitely well. They're both race, definitely racing next year, which I think at the last podcast they hadn't confirmed. Anyone surprised that he stayed? Has Alonso actually confirmed? I th- well, I think Alonso's under a fairly hefty contract. But Brundle was hinting on Sky One about a sabbatical year. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't the possibility see that. of him taking a year out and then coming back. He's a bit the old after. for that, isn't he? Well, you no, know, he- no, about Alonso doing that, not Brundle doing. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, no, he, he could, you know, he could be an apprentice with his dad's <laughs> farm or something. I am surprised actually the button's staying because um, that guy is a glutton for punishment. I don't think the McLaren's going to be that good next year. I think the McLaren will be midfield next year and then Button will just quit, he'll retire next year and then the year after they'll probably win stuff again. Did you see on the BBC coverage they, uh, David Coulthard and, uh, and Jensen Button went down to Lydon Hill and did some rally cross because you know John Button was a big rally cross star. And uh, he looked like he was having an absolute whale of a time. I'd quite like to see him just leave Formula 1 and go and do rallycross and have an absolute blast and just race Ken Block around the place. Right, what about Sauber? Do we have much to say about Sauber this weekend? Well, Ericsson got taken out straight away by Hulkenberg, so that was the end of his race. NASA did well, sixth place. All right, so let's move on to Manor. Nothing happened with Manor. Well, uh, well, no, uh, there's one big development. Guess who's back? Back again. Mary's back. Tell your friends. Who has got the most... Effeminate accent ever. Have you ever it, I don't think I've actually heard him talk. No. Martin Brundle is on, on the grid walk, and he was just like, it's a bit. He sounds a bit like an Italian Michael Jackson. It's amazing. Really? So watch out for that on the next race. This is where we usually go into the stage of the podcast. It's your questions, but no, Phil has told us he's got something else here. Phil, what have you got yes, for us? Yes, I wanted to, uh, to tell you about a little, uh, little experience I had this week. I had a chance to have a chat to somebody who is uh, involved in the Formula One world. Ooh. He's got a new book out. It's called Staying on Track. No. Do you know who it was? No. Not Sir Nigel Mansell. It is Lord Sir Nigel Mansell. Lord Sir Nigel oh. Mansell, MBE. It was. I was uh, having a chat with him for another of the outlets that I work for away from the podcast. I know there are there are other outlets what? that I do away from the podcast. Um, but he was very kind enough to let me record it. 
No! Uh, absolutely. Now, before we play it, uh, I need to <laughs> run through a couple of little disclaimers. This was organised at very, very short notice. I was having the busiest day I've had in ages. I was running around central London, and I got the call to say, right, Nigel's available, you can call him on this number at five o'clock. I was over in Canary Wharf, and I phoned producer Matt and said, is there any way this can work? Can we get somewhere so you can record it? Because I don't have the technology. So we raced to the nearest place where we could both get to in time, which was downstairs in a Pret-a-Manger. <laughs> <laughs> and we had to do, because I was, uh, I, we, we needed the recording facilities, we had to do it through the internet, through Skype. And we logged into the cloud, which is not the fastest free internet service in the world. So don't expect the greatest interview you've ever heard. But it was Nigel Mansell. And I started by asking him about his new book. It's all new material, pretty much, and um, it's fantastic comparisons to how the cars were back in my day to present day. It's just um, a hands-on, total control book by myself and uh, by a great ghost that I use, and I'm really thrilled that it's a bestseller already. It's number seven at the moment. So I'm seventh on the grid, but I expect to do a better qualifying time next week. Excellent. Can we talk a little bit about F1? How involved are you with the world of F1 these days? Well, I'm going out to Mexico because they've obviously um, named the corner after me over there and I'm working for the government and obviously the main promoter. I'm an FAA steward and I sit on the board of the um, Drivers Commission for the FIA. So, uh, if you like, I have the sole vote or single-seaters for the MSA, uh, which is the Motorsport Association of Great Britain. So I go to Geneva, I go to Paris. So, you know, I'm quite reasonably, if not heavily involved with motorsports still. Now, how are you finding it being involved uh, at a more sort of organisational level? Do you miss being in the car? Yeah, absolutely. You know, the one thing that you can't get away from is that we all age. Uh, some of us age a bit sooner than others, but I'm just a couple of years too old to give Lewis a run for his money at the moment. Well, I mean, you say that, but I, I read an article, I don't know if you were misquoted, saying that you, you were quoted as saying you would be as fast as Lewis given a bit of practice. Was that taken out of context? No, I, I think that's absolutely right. <laughs> Do you think we could tempt you to, uh, to, to put your money where your mouth is? Oh, I, I never have a problem going quick. Uh, I'd, I'd make sure my engineer's working on the car so no fidget Going on. Oh, we saw you a few years ago at um, uh, racing with your sons at Le Mans. Were you were you ever tempted to, to try that again? No, no. I mean, um, I had, a, as you probably know, a big knock on the head and a hematoma on the brain, and um, it caused some quite um, some challenges. So uh, I don't want to have a big knock on the head again. Let's uh, let's talk a bit about about F1 today. Then, what are you finding uh, that uh, the biggest, both similarities and the biggest differences with F1 now compared to uh, in your era? There's significantly many many differences, and and I'd like to see that the drivers get the car in a better situation where they can actually input to the car rather than the car dictating to them how to drive all the time. Are you not a fan of the, the sort of increasing electrification of motorsport then? When you have 350 different settings on the steering wheel, the answer is emphatically no. When you've got 30 to 50 engineers telling the driver how to drive the car, then, you know, you need to put the power back to the driver to drive. It's often said by F1 critics that there are relatively few talented racers and quite a lot of average but rich racers these days. Do you think that's true? No comment. Oh, is that is that controversial territory? <laughs> yeah, I'm old enough and wise enough not to go there, thanks very much. <laughs> but I probably wouldn't disagree with what you just said. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> right, I, I will not push you any more on that then. Let's talk about uh, Mexico then. You're going out there. You've had a corner named after you, and this is a track that you've you've raced at. So, what are your memories of racing there? Yeah, fantastic. I've won there twice. I won the last race there, which was in '92. So, uh, wonderful memories, and looking forward to going back and visiting all the fans and seeing a great race, and hopefully. Even by then, maybe Lewis would have clinched the championship. Well, we, we, we will see with that, uh, what happens with that. Bringing Mexico back, is you could argue that it's one of the classic tracks. And obviously, there's been a lot of chat about losing some of the, the classic European tracks and in place of some of the new ones. What are your thoughts on that? Obviously, the, the heritage of uh, racing in Europe, and, and that is historic. It would be a great shame for anybody to lose a Grand Prix race. But, you know, the evolution of Formula One around the world, there can only be so many races a year and it's for the powers of be to decide what's best place for formula one so uh, really as a racing fan i'd like to see the tracks you know stay very similar but fully understand if things have to progress whoa what do you think of that wow i'm bowled over terry you've, you've got a bit teary-eyed i am i'm a bit bowled over i'm honestly i'm i'm humbled to hear him i feel like that's a childhood hero talking to me but I have to say, what the fuck did you ask him about my school project? All these years, all these years waiting to have my moment to ask him about my school project. Sorry, sorry, I'm very sorry I didn't ask him about your school project. However, I did bring you up. No. I did ask him for a little bit of advice. No. For a, for a novice driver. <laughs> I wonder if I can get you to uh, to give a bit of advice to my co-host on the podcast, Terry, uh, who will be taking his driving test soon. What would be the advice that you would give him? Quickly, just stay on the black bits. <laughs> There's much more grip on the black bits. If you go on the green bits, you might have a whoopsie. I shall pass that on. There you go. So my advice to my driving test is like a racist Frank Spencer. <laughs> <laughs> just tell you the guy taking the test. Hell yeah. Go in. Just play that. I think we can both agree I've passed. Yeah. <laughs> as, long, as long as we haven't driven through a child's playground, then it's, uh, then it's happy days. That's fair. Uh, and uh, I should uh, thank uh, his people very much for arranging the, uh, the very quick chat with him uh, and plug his book, which is called Staying on Track. Did he say, I've got a lovely ghost for this? Like, he just meant a ghost writer. Is that what he meant? Yeah. Well, okay. I mean, we assume he meant a ghost writer. Not Ed Or was it actually <laughs> challenging the ghost writers long gone? Ed and Senna going, oh, Nigel, you, you should you split your infinitive there, Nigel. Come on. <laughs> Come on, Nigel. I've seen your Twitter. Let's get some more apostrophes and full stops in. Your questions will return next week, but now it is time for Phil's News Round. Terry, jingle, please. Give it up, give it up, baby, give it up. News. Slightly away from the F1 track, but not completely. Race of Champions. Does that mean anything to you guys? No. Ah, Race of Champions is coming up. Because the problem with Formula One is you've got a load of really good drivers and Pastor Maldonado and... Uh, and Will Stevens. And Will Stevens. Oh, Will Stevens, <laughs> Drift King. Race of Champions is an event they hold every year. It's like an end-of-season sort of fun thing. As the trouble with F1 is everyone's in different cars, so you're not really sure how much is car, how much is driver. Race of Champions takes a load of drivers from loads of different motorsport disciplines, plonks them in all sorts of weird and wacky cars, sticks them in a stadium, gets them to do a load of races against each other, see who's the fastest. Uh, and it's coming up fairly soon, and they've just had a big press event about it, and they've announced who is going to be racing. And there are quite a few people from the world of F1. Do you want to see if you can guess who any of them are? Okay. Nigel Mansell, one. No. Okay, that's my guess. Murphy. No. No, they're quite good. Some of them are quite good. Button. No. Alonso. No. 
All right, I'll, I'll give you. Some, I'll go through some names and get Vettel. some reactions. Vettel is racing. Yes. Oh, Vettel has, has won it before. They they have two sits. They do individual things, and they uh, they do a sort of uh, countries cup where they get together with uh, fellow countrymen and battle each other. It's usually two. Oh, there'll be some Frenchies in Grosjean. Uh, I don't think France has got a team actually this year. Or at least if they have, they haven't announced them yet. Other drivers taking part: Daniel Ricciardo. Oh. oh. Uh, David Coulthard. <laughs> <laughs> He's representing Team Scotland. Who do you think his uh, his Team Scotland teammates going to be? No, it's not. Jackie Stewart. N- n- that would be awesome, but no. I'll give you a very vague clue. Dario Franchetti. Do you know their name? You'll notice I didn't say, do you know his name? Susie Wolf. It is Susie Wolf. Oh, cool. hey. hey, it's Susie Wolf. I thought Susie you meant Wolf. plural. Messy <laughs> no, <laughs> <Leslie> driving. <laughs> With several other people. Yeah, Susie Wolf's going to take part. Uh, so, yeah, so that's Team Scotland. So, team Germany is completed by Nico Hülkenberg. Team Brazil. Bruno Senna. No. Christian Esteberes. Not Brazilian. Either of them. No, that's not even his real name. So it's <laughs> and they're not. No. And they're not Christian Bra- Esteberes is definitely Brazilian. Felipe Nazar. No. Felipe Massa. Yes. And he is racing alongside everybody's favourite Brazilian racing driver who's not still in Formula 1 and isn't Fittipaldi. dead and isn't Fittipaldi or Barrichello I'll give you a clue they're going to be right up against the wall not Nelson Piquet Jr Nelson Piquet Jr wow yeah. I wonder if Alonso's not going so they're going to be racing alongside uh, people from other sports and seeing as you guys only really follow Formula 1 I'm going to see if you know who the other drivers are yeah of course we do of course we do because <laughs> yeah, I know yeah. you're very sort of singularly focused Tom, Tom Christensen yeah, he's the the gay diver. <laughs> anyway, yeah, that's happening. Okay, Phil. So you've got a story about Honda. Yes, we've we've poured a lot of scorn on Honda this year, right, and rightfully so. so. We had a question a couple of weeks ago: Are they likely to be any better next year? And I said, I don't know. Motorsport magazine. Uh, which I endorse as one of the greatest motorsport magazines has it's definitely the most auto I think it's better than autosport but that's just personal opinion has said yeah they're going to still be rubbish next year why? Well, basically, it sort of goes back to what the chap last last episode or whatever it was was talking about with the small engine, which I didn't understand at the time. But I think he might have been talking I about. I think I made it perfectly clear. <laughs> I think I think he might have been talking about the size the of their size smaller. of their turbo, their compressor, their sort of turbocharger shenanigans is very small and very compact, which would mean that if it would work, it'd be really light and really good and and brilliant. But the trouble is, it's it's so tightly wound that it keeps going wrong and they can't use it properly, and that's why they're always down a load of power. Or it keeps failing. And this piece by Motorsport suggests that uh, that's probably going to continue next year, uh, which I'm sure the newly re-signed Fernando Alonso and Jensen Button will be very happy about. Uh, so that doesn't look like it's going to be very good news for Honda. But if they know that's the problem, why don't they just change it? Yeah, why don't they just change it? Well, I don't believe this is the kind of thing that you can just sort of cobble a new one together in a couple of weekends. The Motorsport piece suggests that they are trying to get a new one together, probably quite frantically. But if it's not ready by the date of homologation, which means by the date they have to sort of submit it to the uh, to the FIA and go, uh, this is what we're doing. Are you all right with it? Then well, the FIA screwed. definitely set a date this year, not like last year. Apparently, year's. it's February the twenty eighth. Uh, everybody has to sort of submit the basic designs and go, this is what we're doing. Are you happy with it? And if they can't get that done, then they're probably screwed. So uh, when we're talking about engines, Phil, could Red Bull have to go back to Renault engines next year? Well, this is just the story that keeps on giving, isn't it? So for anyone who's been living in a cage or a cave, Red Bull face a bit of a problem next year in that they've publicly fallen out with Renault. 
and said, right, we're not going to use Renault anymore. We're terminating our agreement. Come on, guys, let's get a new engine from Mercedes or Ferrari. And uh, Terry, can you remind us what their response was? Fuck off. That's exactly what it was. So now... <laughs> There was a, a lot of speculation this weekend that they might have to go crawling, cap in hand, back to Renault and say, oh, we're really, we're really sorry. Could we have some engines for next year, please? So Adrian Newey has said that he doesn't think it's going to happen, that he thinks the relationship is broken down so much that they're not going to get any engines. Having said that, though, Carlos Sainz Jr., when he wasn't crashing into walls at the weekend, says he's pretty confident that Toro Rosso will be around next year, probably with Ferrari power. Well, Having said that, oh. Christian Horner said that it's either going to be both the teams next year or none of the teams next year. In conclusion, I don't know what's going on. Well, Adrian Newey has been a dick. His full quote, if you read that interview, is going, the reason that we haven't got decent engines next year is because the other teams are scared of us. And it's due to this horrible corporate fear in Formula One means that we won't get our engines what we want, Governor. The problem with that is... He's doing the Lambeth Walk, yeah, well, as he I said. Know. I don't know where he's from. Uh, the problem with that is, if you go back and just go, OK, a few years ago, all right, uh, Adrian Newey, how would you feel about giving your blown diffuser to every other team? What? You don't want to do that? Because what? You're in a what? You're in a competitive sport. What's that? You mean you don't want to give the, your strongest asset to another team because they might beat you? What? Seems Ugh, what? a little unfair. What kind, of, what kind of capitalist are you? God, idiot. I think... A, it's hilarious if Red Bull have to have Renault next year. B, I think it's a, a worry for Red Bull as a company. Now, Red Bull, we have seen, have managed to diversify their portfolio. They just sell sugary drinks, but they also sponsor lots of sports. They take men up to the moon and whatnot. But I think this rules out categorically them ever running a U-Switch kind of price comparison website. <laughs> Because imagine using Red Bull for you switch and you'd be like, oh, hi, uh, Red Bull, uh, I'm with NPower right now. Right, definitely sack them off. Fuck them. Get rid of them. <laughs> get rid of them, they're shit. They are so shit, get rid of them. Okay, I've got rid of them. Who should I go with? Oh, turns out NPower your best bet. Sorry. <laughs> Worst case scenario, and they do, we do lose Red Bull and Tyra Rosso next year. I mean, I can't see it, really, but stranger things have happened. It will, of course, mean that there are four, let's face it, pretty good drivers who won't have seats and I well, three won't and Verstappen because I'm not he's great ah. I'm not going to alright fine I'm going to delve into conspiracy corner again Ooh. could that mean that Haas the reason they haven't announced what I assumed was going to be Esteban Gutierrez or waiting to see what happens with all the Red Bull drivers oh. because wouldn't it be nice if you were looking for a new driver and you hadn't confirmed a driver for next year yet if suddenly you had your choice of Verstappen Sainz, Kvyat and Ricardo? that would be nice I'd, I'd go one of them maybe they take all four that would be brilliant. They could run five cars. Thank you for the F1 news there, Phil. Now it's time for... That's right, it's Terry on the state of F1. I'd like to talk about the rules. Formula One rules with a Z. Not because it's the best thing in the world, but because, frankly, it's the worst. This week at the race, something terrible happened. And that is the Bottas, through no fault of his own, got punted out of the race on the last lap. Now, it's all fair and well to say that Raikkonen got a penalty straight after, but his penalty hasn't helped Bottas one bit. Raikkonen lost his points and ended up classifying eighth, but Bottas didn't classify at all. Now, you might think, oh, well, this is just a racing instant, Terry. What are you talking about? Well, this is a racing instant that could actually mean that Raikkonen's whole season hasn't been wasted because 
Ferrari and Williams are quite close in the championship. And by by bumping out Bottas's points and just getting even a couple of measly points means that it could be all the difference at the end of the year between Ferrari getting all those extra money. But don't worry, I've got a solution. If on the last lap someone gets shunted out of the race and it's proved to be no fault of their own, then they should get the points that they were due to get if they hadn't been shunted out. But crucially, also, so should the person who got the points. Therefore, in this race, I'm proposing that both Bottas and Perez came third and got on the podium. Don't say it can't happen, because it can. I might have a bit of a concern about this. What? So you're, you're suggesting that this happens only on the last lap? Only on the last lap. So once they've crossed the line... Why don't you just cut a lap off if you're going to say that? Oh my God, that's genius. <laughs> we should lop off the first lap as well. Get rid of any controversy. Just the middle bit of the race. Just have the middle bit where there's no controversy. I like it. I like your thinking. It's taken a few weeks to get to my wavelength, but here we are. Is there not a danger in this kind of scenario that if you're in a bad position, like say you're Perez, like that, you know, your tyres are going, you're like, oh, I'm in all sorts of trouble. Would it not behoove you just before the final lap to try and get in the way of the car behind you so that they uh, spear you I did you say off. this, proven definitely that it's no fault of your own. But, because we're all so happy with all the stewards' decisions. Well, this is my other problem with the state of F1. How the hell could the Constructors' Championship be decided two hours after the race? Because they asked about it for so long. I think they should make all stewards' decisions. I mean, you should have asked Mansell this. All stewards' decisions should be resulted in 30 seconds. They have 30 seconds to make the decision. Or just have a snap decision. Yeah. Because if that had happened middle, the midway through the race with Raikkonen and Bottas, they'd have had something by the end of the race. But when it happens after the race, it's like it's like they go, oh, well, we better have our caviar first. We better have our beluga whales or whatever they eat. But then they can look at pictures, different shots, different angles, and make a more fair decision. And, and this it is took them two hours to come up with the obvious decision. <laughs> this this, this is not a new thing. I mean, uh, I seem to remember, uh, I don't remember, I was, it was before my time, but I mean, way back in the day, it would sometimes be days or weeks before things were... Yeah. Doesn't, didn't James Hunt get points taken away and then points given back like exactly. months later exactly it should be 30 seconds after the incident happens I just worry that in this kind of scenario we'll have all sorts of it'll be the equivalent of people diving for penalties in football we'll have people tripping themselves up just before the last corner no, of, the, of the lap before we'll last to try and make it look like they've been speared by Riker. we'll have a guilt pedal okay well we can think about this a bit more later another time possibly never on the scale of 1 to 10 Terry what is the state of F1 this week well seeing as I've talked about my roast dinner a lot this week. I'm going to grade this week's race on types of meat. <laughs> Finally. So my favourite meat for a roast, I would say, is beef. I think my least favourite would be pork. Oh. I just don't like pork. Ten different types about of bacon? meat between beef and pork. Do you want me to list them all? <laughs> Quail. Pork. <laughs> nut roast. Chicken. Nut turkey. Goose. <laughs> The meat. Um, <laughs> elk, lamb, pigeon, venison, human, man, beef. <laughs> <laughs> Love human. Love it. It's the finest meat. So on that, I would say we are goose, geese, goose, goose geese. That's where we are this That's week. All right. Yeah, midfield. That's more optimistic. Yeah, we're doing right. So let's talk about the USA Grand Prix, which will be taking place on the 25th of October. Let's talk about what happened last year first. Now, I remember Lewis Hamilton won because of the hat. 
No, was that last year? No, that was the year before, wasn't it? That was it the first was last year. year. It was last was it? year. He no, this is not the first year, is it? No, it's, this is the third year, but he won last year. Did they get the hat last hat. year as well? Yeah, I only, have, I only remember race results by hats. That's why most of the first year. I forgot about them last year, but okay. I'll, I'll <laughs> so I think last year he won. I think Rosberg probably came second. It's written on the bit of paper in front of you. This is but not I'm not looking. I think okay. I think Ricciardo came third. <laughs> oh shit! I'm really not looking. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! Wow! Yeah. What are the chances oh, wow. I got the entire grid correct? No. I wouldn't do that. Who was fourth? I think it was Bottas. No. No. Massa. Yes. Oh, well, Rico, come on. Who was fifth? Vettel. No. no. Bottas. Yes. <laughs> By the way, I think I can name every world champion from 1950. Wait, that, that'll be a separate podcast because I think I can probably battle you on that. Oh! Not now, Terry. Okay, so. <laughs> Phil, who, what are your predictions? Uh, my prediction are for Razzmatazz, US style. There will be somebody slightly more famous than normal seeing the American national anthem. I don't know who it's going to be. Probably Taylor Swift or something Keisha. like that. Who? Keisha. What's that? Keisha. Kesha. I don't know what that is either. Kesha. I'm really old. There's going to be a big Air Force display. I'm not asking what you think it's going to look like. I want to know what you oh, think yeah. the result oh, on the track. Like. Um, I oh, think Hamilton, Rosberg, Vettel. <laughs> I think Hamilton's going to win. Um. I can't abandon my accurate principles. Just well, they weren't in accurate fav- this week, were they? In favour of. Oh, I've got two or three. That's not bad. Now, in order for Hamilton to win the championship. I think he needs to beat Vettel by two or th- is it two, two points, points or three points? Two points. And Rosberg by about Eleven. nine. Actually, I don't think he's going to do it. I'm going to play safe with my predictions, but I think it means he's not going to win the championship. I think it's going to be Hamilton, Rosberg, and then probably Vettel third. I would say Raikkonen, but let's face it, he'll probably stuff it up somehow. I'm, yeah, I'm going to go back to my normal safe prediction. Terry. Well, I think he the press is going to get to him because did you see that interview with him at the end of the race where someone said to him, you know, you're only like two points away from winning the championship. And he looked like he started to freak out of it. So I think the pressure is going to build up to him this week. He's going to screw it all up. He's not going to finish the race. And it's going to be Rosberg winning. No, Vettel winning. Rosberg second. And in third place will be... Verstappen. Oh wow! Whoa. Oh. You change your tune. So you think you think Verstappen's capable of getting on the uh, on the podium because I think he's so. a good driver. Yeah. I just think he'll luck into it. <laughs> he'll luck into third place in a substandard car in a major <laughs> Formula One Grand Prix. Mm-hmm. I think in first place it's going to be Vettel. Okay. Followed by, I think Rosberg. Ooh. I just said the same as Terry so far. Oh, yeah. I have, haven't I? Yeah. yeah. So you've got, um, to, you've got, to, you've got to give us a wild card for the third You're using one. No, I haven't. My age is wisdom. Fettel Rosberg. Oh, God. Okay. In which case. <laughs> <laughs> so bold. Oh, God. No. Oh, um, in God. which case, I will put. Verstappen. No, no, Verstappen. No, 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 no. He's not ready for it. Um, Raikkonen. Raikkonen. I've been saying him for weeks and he's never he'll, he'll, he'll mess it up. Okay, so that's our predictions. We can see how wrong we are in a week's time. But feel free to tell us how wrong we are by tweeting us at for f one sake. Until then, goodbye to Phil Tromans. Toodaloo. Uh, we haven't had time to talk about Pirelli, who are sticking around. Uh, we thought that Michelin might come in, but they're not. Ooh. And Terry Saunders. We also really talk about Vladimir Putin being in the bloody room. Uh, what a missed opportunity for Lewis Hamilton to win the race and go, 
the fuck are you doing here? And that would have made Lewis Hamilton a hero and also <laughs> dead. <laughs> and I'm Chico Ayers. Thanks for listening. Bye. 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 Sports Social Podcast Network.